verse 19 and 21. It says this. So Elijah, we talked about him last week, went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. Let me fix my Bible. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Anyone confused yet? <laughs> Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? So, Verse 21, so Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and give it to the people. And they ate. Ooh, barbecue. <laughs> then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. This morning, I want to talk to you briefly from the subject, the joy of tension. The joy of tension. And uh, before I pray, I also, I know uh, Mikey thanked everyone that was here last week. Thank you if you were here celebrating for those that served. Thank you. You guys are the real MVPs of the house. And, and so uh, we're looking forward to the next 10 years uh, to see what God has to do with this place. So, yep. So let's pray and then we'll get into the word. Father, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for what you're already doing in this place, God. Lord, I pray that you would just uh, do what only you can do. Holy Spirit, we recognize you as our guest of honor this morning. We ask that you would change our heart, change our mind. God, because we want to leave here changed. We want to leave here better, but not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us. And so we thank you for that. We love you in Jesus' name. Come on, everyone, sit. Amen, amen. So this past, uh, past week, I went on my little girl, my fifth grader's uh, outdoor ed, um, ed retreat or whatever it was. And so for three days, your boy hung out with fifth graders and it was insane. And so uh, the first day that we get there, it was storming. And so we had to drive over to, to Marin Headlines, Headlands and it was just storming. And so, you know, like when you drive and it's raining, like you just get a little stressed or is that just me? No, that's just me. So I'm like, ah, and so I'm very tense and we get there and uh, there's no power at this, at the campground, at the, at the, at the, the place that we're staying at. And so where everything is like by lanterns and flashlights. And if you could imagine these kids are going crazy. It's raining, there's no light, so they're like on a 20 right now. They're like, ah, they're running around. Um, then we have this meeting, and the instructor had, had told us, everybody needs to get a good night's sleep because we are going to be doing a lot of hiking the next day. And I'm like, for sure. I'm tired from the drive. I'm exhausted from the kids. Like, my goal is to just fall asleep. And so 9.15 came along, all these like 45th grade boys are in this one room with bunk beds. The uh, instructor comes in, reads a book, calms everybody down. She says, good night. She leaves and it's quiet for 30 seconds. <laughs> and then all of a sudden out of nowhere, you hear whoopee cushion noises. These fifth grade boys are obsessed 
with fart sounds. And we're like, and I'm like, I just want to sleep. And, and, and they're like, you just hear that. And then they start giggling. And then they start like making just like crude jokes. And I'm like, what is happening? And so I'm lying in my bed. I'm like, just sleep, just sleep, just, just sleep. Right? Like it's crazy. And so I'm lying in there. In fact, it got so bad, everybody. This is my confession to you. Um, I got so bad, I was like, I, I prayed this to God. I said, God, please let my daughter have a horrible time so that she wants me to take her home tomorrow. Like, it was bad. And they were like, they wouldn't go to sleep. They finally, at 1 o'clock in the morning, remember, lights out, 9.15, 1 o'clock. They were asleep. And those jokers woke up at five, too. They're like, they're like, they don't stop. This is therapy, so I appreciate this. Um, but, but what I find interesting is that, like, I had this goal to sleep. But this, this, this idea for me to sleep, can I tell you that it was, it was a frustrating goal? Because they just weren't listening. They, they, they were going crazy. They were, and it was frustrating me because all I wanted to do was sleep. And it seemed like I would never, ever be able to sleep. But it wasn't just frustrating. On the, on the same, in the same way, it was like the, the goal for me to sleep was also, it was something that fueled me to make sure that I, I can do everything possible so that I can sleep. So I started moving, moving kids from one bunk to the next, just trying my best because I, I had a goal in mind. I was going to sleep. And then, like I said, they finally went to sleep. But here's why I'm telling you this this morning is because last week I shared with you a phrase that, um, that, that I believe God, God has for this church for the next 10 years. And the phrase, if you were not here, the phrase is this, that yesterday was good, but tomorrow was going to be and so that, that, that is a phrase of, of for the next 10 years that, that me, that I am going through with, with this idea that tomorrow is going to be better. Not saying yesterday was bad. It was good, but tomorrow is going to be even better. But what I realized about that statement is that for both uh, us individually, but also corporately, in order for us to believe that tomorrow is going to be better, it requires you to have vision. It requires me to have vision. Now, vi we talk a lot about vision at, at, at this church, and, and vision, we, we hear a lot about it in the Bible. Uh, Proverbs 29, without vision, people cast off restraint. Habakkuk 2, 2, write down the vision, write down the goal. So vision is something that, that, that we see all throughout Scripture. In fact, vision is the ability to see and plan uh, for the future. Watch this. Despite what you are currently going through or where you've been. Vision. And vi so vision is important. And in fact, I want to submit to you this morning that the story that we read in 1 Kings chapter 19, that it's a story about vision. See, it says that Elijah went and saw this man, Elisha. And it says that he does something very interesting. 
We read this in, in, in 1 Kings chapter 19, that Elijah, he saw Elisha, he walked to Elisha, and then scripture says that Elijah threw his cloak over Elisha. Now, for most of us in here, this has no significance whatsoever. Because if you were at work and someone just randomly walked past you, threw their jacket on you, you'd be like, yo, that's weird. <laughs> But, but what, what is very interesting is that to Elisha, the one that received the cloak, this was significant. In fact, I want to I propose to you this morning that the cloak was a representation of the vision that God had for Elisha. That whatever Elisha was doing currently, when Elijah threw the cloak on Elisha, are you with me? That... That all of a sudden, Elisha saw the cloak as something that God, like a greater vision. That, that to Elisha, it would have been seen as something like, like, this is a man of God that has given this to me. And it's as if God is saying, I am choosing you next. And so all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Elisha has this new vision that God has calling him to. And so this morning, I want us to discuss a little bit about vision because vision is a very interesting thing. In fact, I want to submit to you this morning that there are two attributes to vision that seem like they are on the polar um, opposite ends of each other. And if we're not careful, we will embrace one part of vision and neglect the other. But, but spoiler I think we need both. So vision is important. And, uh, and, and the reason why, uh, or two attributes, excuse me, of vision that I wanna, I wanna share with you this morning is, 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 here's the first one. Vision fuels you. Vision fuels. There's something about vision that's so exciting, isn't it? There's something about vision that excites. In fact, we read, we read in, in 1 Kings chapter 19 that when Elijah threw his cloak on Elisha, Elisha was so excited that he ran towards Elijah. He was like, oh, this is so cool. He was excited. He was ecstatic. And that's what vision should do. Vision should fuel you. It should excite you because vision is all about the potential of your future. And so, so vision, like vision, when, when God reveals vision to me, when God reveals vision to you, there's something exciting about it because it's never where I'm at, but it's always where he plans on me to go, for me to go. And so, so vision is exciting and it fuels me because it always shows me the potential of what God has. It always shows me the growth that God has for my life. It always shows me the hope that he has for me, despite what I'm currently going through. It always shows, vision always reveals his plans for my life. And so we need vision. Because vision fuels, vision excites. Especially, let's be honest, especially if your current situation stinks. And you get a glimpse of what God has for you, like, come on, God. And it fuels you. And it should fuel you. But, but here, here is where vision gets a little convoluted. Is when 
Vision, it doesn't just fuel you, but vision, it also frustrates you. Think about that. Ooh, I love vision because it gets me excited about the potential. But at the same time, vision frustrates the heck out of me. And I think a, re- a few reasons why vision frustrates me and probably you as well is because the first a vision frustrates because vision always takes time. Remember, vision is never about the current situation. It's always about a future destination. And, and, and if it's a God vision, it'll always leave you and it'll always leave me thinking there is no possible way this can ever happen. That's why I laugh when people are always like, God will never give you anything more than you can handle. <laughs> False. <laughs> there could be nothing further from the truth. In fact, every person that God used in scripture, they were put in a situation that was bigger than they could handle. Because if the situation was something that you could attain, you don't need God. And so, so vision frustrates because vision, it, it, it's like the vision that God has for you and for me, it's always bigger than what I can currently comprehend in this moment. And it always takes time. It always takes a long time. Like I wish that God would give me vision and it would happen as soon as I woke up the next morning. Maybe that works for you, but it's never the case for me. And it frustrates me because I'm like, man, it's taking too long. And so vision frustrates because it takes time. Vision also frustrates me because vision always draws me out of my comfort zone. It says, excuse me, it says that Elisha, when when he received the cloak over him, that he was like, uh, let me, I'm going to go say bye to my mom and dad. And so he goes and he gives his mom and dad a kiss. And, and I, wanna, I want you to see that, that I, I read this. And, and to me, mom and dad symbolize comfort. And so Elisha, what he's doing is, is he's, he's, he's saying, like, I, I'm going to step into this new season that God has for me, that this cloak, this vision God is revealing for me. But in order for me to follow it, I have to be willing to say um, bye to the things that I'm comfortable with. See, I find it fascinating that the things that, that were comfortable in one season can become the very constraints in the next season. So what I thought was comfortable, mom and dad and life and home, What was comfortable in one season, if I am not careful, it will be the very thing that keeps me from stepping into the next thing that God has for me. Comfort is is dangerous. And so so this this idea when, 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 when I have to step out of what I'm comfortable with, it frustrates me because I just want to be comfortable. I just want to be where everyone knows my name. I just want to be in a place where I know my environment. I want to be around people that know me, but they don't know me know me. (laughs) I want to be comfortable because 
When I'm comfortable, I feel safe. But in order for you to pursue vision, you have to be willing to step out of where you're comfortable. But it's frustrating. And so vision, it's frustrating because it takes time, because, because it's... it's um, because it calls you out of, out of your comfort zone. And, but vision is also frustrating because it always costs you something. Yeah. We read in the story that Elisha, he, he, he goes to give his mom and dad a kiss to say goodbye. And then he does this bizarre thing. And uh, it says that he, he slaughtered his ox. He disassembled his, his uh, plow and he barbecued his ox. Now, I think this is significant for a few reasons. The first reason is this. Beware because comfort will always try to call you back. And it's like Elisha knew that. Elisha knew that whatever he was going to venture into, if it got hard, it will be easy to go back to where I'm comfortable. So he killed the very thing that he would have gone back to. He slaughtered that ox. He destroyed the plow because he knew comfort comes calling. But, 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 for, uh, but vision will always cost you and, and cost me something as well. And uh, that was part of him destroying the ox, destroying, or excuse me, destroying the plow, killing the ox. And um, during this time period, Occupations were generational. So that would mean that if Elisha was in fact a farmer, then there's a good chance that his daddy was a farmer. And if his daddy was a farmer, there's a good chance that his daddy's daddy was a farmer. And it would just keep going and going. And so the reason why I think this is important is because what I want you to see is that Elijah had to step out of something that he was familiar with in order to embrace something that he was unfamiliar with. He had to learn a new trade. He had to learn a new system. He had to learn uh, that, like, how things worked in a new way. And it cost him his pride. Because when you're good at one thing, because you've done it so long, it's so hard to do something else. But a vision is always calling us to the unknown. It's always calling us to have to think different, to talk different, to speak different, to, to act different. Like vision is always costing us something. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so here we are. We have vision and on one end vision is exciting and it fuels me and we're like whoa I love vision God I can't I love the plans you have for me this is exciting but then on the completely other end we have vision and it's frustrating and what I was saying at the very beginning if we are not careful we will embrace one side of vision and neglect the other but this morning, I want to submit to you that both 
the attributes of fueling and the attributes of frustration are needed for you and for me to fulfill the vision that God has for you. And here's why, here's why. It's because when I embrace vision that fuels me while at the same time frustrates me, it creates this thing called tension. Now, for the longest, I always viewed tension as a negative thing. And actually, five years ago, Pastor Paul, he helped me. He helped me see that tension, that it couldn't be a good thing. And so, so when I can embrace both sides, it creates this tension inside of me. And here's what I want you to write down if you're taking notes. Tension determines the distance. Tension determines the distance. I have an illustration that I want to, I want to do for you. And the band can come up right now. Tension determines distance. So what I have right here <laughs> is a danger, danger, is a slingshot. And, and, and here's, what, here's what I'm trying to say is like, when I say tension determines distance, this, this band right here, the more tension that it receives, the harder it's going to... But if I'm not careful, I will not allow tension to happen. And if, if this is you, and if over there is the vision that God, don't worry, I'm not gonna shoot, I'm gonna shoot it up. But if it does hit your eye, we will pray for you. <laughs> and we'll have our prayer team get some mud and So vision is over there because vision is never where you currently are. But if, if you, if I are ever going to reach the destination of the vision, we have to embrace the tension of the vision. See, here, here's the frustrating part for a lot of you this morning is that because vision only frustrates you, you never allow it to fuel you. Because it frustrates you, you've given up. And then there's some of you in here this morning, like you've only allowed vision to hype you up. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I've discovered, when I just embrace that, there's no faith. In fact, my faith begins to dwindle. And I, I begin to be so, like, like the fifth graders, they're like, yeah, and then they, because I need tension. And so for some of you in here this morning, you're either one or the other. And this is what vision for you feels like. You're like, God, I'm coming. Why? Because I'm not allowing the tension that needs. 
I'm not embracing the fuel and the frustration. See, the more that I embrace the fuel, the more that I embrace the frustration, is the more that I have a little bit more tension. Don't worry. And sometimes it feels like that. But do you see what I'm saying? Like, I, I gotta embrace that tension. John, you don't understand, I'm so frustrated. I'm so frustrated because it seems like it's taking forever. I'm so frustrated, John. I feel like God is calling me to do this, but I don't want to step in, I don't want to step out of my comfort zone. Like I'm really excited that God has this calling for me, but I'm not allowing the frustration to fuel me. And so God is, God is saying, hey, let me help you. Let me help you embrace the fuel of the vision as well as the frustration of the vision. And if I could learn to embrace both, all of a sudden vision feels like it's flying. All of a sudden vision is taking me in further places, taking me the distance because I am allowing tension to launch me. Tension determines distance. Tension determines distance. And this morning, my heart for you is that you would get to that place when God is like, here's the vision I have for you. When, I, when he gives you a vision for your family, when he gives you a vision for your business, when he gives you a vision for your children, when he gives you a vision for, for your marriage, that despite how big it may look, despite how far away it may seem, that you, you allow the vision to fuel you, to get you excited. And that's the very thing that fuels me in the midst of the frustrating moments. And so my prayer is that we would be a church full of vision but we would embrace vision, that we would allow the tension that, that helps, that, that forms in the vision to take us to that next level that God has for you and for me. Amen, somebody?